0: Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast extension of ROI Show 523rd. Our noted guest for today is Dr. Marilyn Brookwood, author and psychologist who will be talking to us about her book, The Orphans of Davenport, Eugenics, the Great Depression, and the War Over Children's Intelligence. The history buffs joining us today are Brett Menard and Jay Swords. Jay, why don't you start us off this time?
1: Hi, Marilyn. Um, so I, I'm just curious, at, when we ended the radio segment, we were talking about you know how the results of the uh, study on the orphans of Davenport was resisted, particularly by some pretty big names. And, and by that point, there's probably nobody bigger than Terman. Um, That's right. So my, my question is, why the resistance? I mean, what is it that, that they found so... Threatening by the idea that that environment would play a part in intellectual development and and then sort of as a follow up to that, what finally tipped the scales because obviously one research paper does not usually a revolution make <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so so what was it that that sort of finally forced uh, change because I know in my own field of Mesoamerican history, we had a, a similar sort of situation, and it took the death. Of the leading exponent, the the sage, so to speak, once he died, well, then people could finally effectively challenge his his what turned out to be very you know, wrong.
2: Something similar happened here. Okay. Um, Terman was very, very outspoken uh, about being right, and he did not want to hear anyone challenge him. But once he died, things changed tremendously. And uh, there was a lot of opinion and ideas that were much more flexible than his had been. And so really it was kind of the same, the same thing. The, the older generation has to pass on. <laughs> and when Terman did, other people came along who believed that he might be right. But before that, you had people like Madison Grant who was called the nation's most consistent racist because he would not accept these ideas. Um, And then you had Harry Laughlin, uh, who worked with Terman and worked with some of the other people in the field. And Harry Laughlin tried to keep anyone who was different out of the United States, anyone who was from Southern Europe, for example. So there were, uh, today we, we have such a very different kind of uh, approach here. Uh, we have the Center on the Developing Child here at Harvard where we, we can show how children develop. And so it was really impossible to get behind any ideas that were revolutionary. And we also had... We had some people who, like, um, there was a guy named Albert Wiggum who really did eventually come around and, and realize that Terman was wrong, but he didn't want to confront Terman, so he didn't. There's also a lot of other research that showed that people who had a more of a, an exposure— to different environments, did better. So there was two theoreticians, Sherman and Key, who showed that children who lived closer to the roadways in their towns, therefore more stores, more people, better schools, those kids did better than kids who lived farther away. But there was also the head of the Iowa Child Welfare Research Station. Uh, and his name was George Scottard. He was a remarkable theoretician. And he was very much admired. And he believed that environment was the factor that changed intelligence. And he turned out to be right. Okay.
0: Brett.
1: Can you talk to us about kind of in broad strokes, how the eugenics movement kind of rose and fell in the United States? Because that's the one piece of the story that we haven't uh, touched yeah. on yet.
2: Yeah, the, the eugenics movement in the United States came along after there were about 20 million um, emigres into the country. And it was a reaction to having all of those people from Europe, suddenly appear on the streets of New York and the streets of other cities all over the country. Um, And people were very upset about that. And so they wanted to believe that eugenics was correct, that we shouldn't let these people in because really, um, look where they came from and look at what their um, backgrounds were. So they were never going to amount to anything. And Terman was the leader, as you identified before, of this idea. And he, over and over and over again, predicted things like the intelligence of the white race was declining. So there are headlines in the New York Times and so on from that era that say things like that. But we know that wasn't true.
0: Okay, so... um... Kind of, we said this in the first segment of the show, but I'd like to kind of sit there and um, kind of focus on it again. This, mm-hmm. of course, happened, it's hard to believe this was practiced 100 years ago. Do mm-hmm. you still have uh, psychologists and uh, educators in the field of child, uh, children's psychology and psychology in general that turn back to these times to try and, Learn from the horrific mistakes that were made and showing, as Jay and you, we all agreed earlier that you know, science won out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if there's empirical evidence, um, that's the key, and today we understand that. But in that time, was a hundred years ago, we didn't understand it, and we, uh, especially someone like Terman rejected empirical evidence as um, Mother Goose rhymes. Um, and he was very uh, uh, difficult to deal with, and he did not want to accept that there could be any other explanation other than his. All
1: right. Marilyn, I'm interested to sort of jump from there, from John's question, Um where are we now? Where is modern psychology in terms of the influence of um, genetics and uh, environment? Because you know there are certainly folks out there who are arguing closer to a eugenics idea that genetic, or closer to a eugenics point of view, that genetics is still the, the primary factor that, you know, environment can flip the scale up and down a little bit, but, you know, what you're born with is basically what you're going to have one way or the other. Um, and then there are folks who are arguing very much on the other end, that genetics does almost nothing and everything is environment. Where's the, the yes. modern point uh, where we're environment.
2: kind of at? Is, I mean, that's where I am, and that's where almost all academics are. Everything is environment today. Um, and you would be very hard-pressed to find someone to support a eugenic view um, today um, who, who's educated and trained and so on. We, we all see what happens when you uh, provide children with a better environment. We all see it. Uh, there's just no, no question about it.
0: Okay, Brett
1: so we see these kind of ebbs and flows and um you said that the broad uh, view of the field is that it's a majority environment is so does the Mm -hmm. field as a whole discount any uh genetic uh, component or is it just by uh, the the environment no one who's
2: who's a thoughtful person would ever completely discount um, the contribution of genetics uh, in a child's development. Certainly, some of that counts. How much, we don't really know. But we do know what we didn't know before, and that is a child's development is incredibly importantly influenced by the environment that they live in. And um, there's all kinds of evidence of that. Um, it just spills over into all of the, the studies and the science of this. Um, children are influenced tremendously by their environment.
0: Okay. We would like to thank our guests for the 523rd show, Dr. Marilyn Brookwood, author and psychologist who talked to us about her book, The Orphans of Davenport, Eugenics, the Great Depression, and the War over Children's Intelligence. The history bus for today's show are Brett Menard and Jay Swords. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. on Friday nights on KALA Radio, or you can tune in on at tunein.com by using the web. If you're looking for older programs, you can find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at Station KALA, St. Ambrose University.